0: Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results, and you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley now are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most let's ignite the courage of a leader I have had the opportunity to work with so many leaders and so many different leaders, leaders at different levels, leaders in different industries, leaders in different size companies, uh, and also the opportunity to speak to many leaders. And in the coaching, in the leadership development programs, in the back of the room, after a keynote. I hear in the questions that leaders ask me that they are unknowingly playing a waiting game. It creeps in there. They're waiting to have the next credential or waiting to have the roadmap all figured out or waiting to have all of their peers on board or have the board of directors on board because this happens with all leaders from emerging leaders to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies unknowingly playing a waiting game to a degree. And I tell them what I'm about to tell you. And that is you already have everything that you need. You already have everything that you need to fully step into your leadership, to go for it, to make those extraordinary results that you want to achieve possible today. You already have the courage of a leader. You already have everything that you need. And here is how I know from my own experience. I'm standing in Madison, Wisconsin, on a road next to my bike. It's raining. I'm trying to protect my phone as I am in tears, inconsolable, on a call with my husband, Kevin, ranting. I'm ranting. I'm saying, I'm supposed to go on an 80-mile bike ride today. I have only gone 11 miles and I am lost. I am tired of figuring things out for this training. I don't know whether to go forwards or backwards. I have a GPS and a map and I can't figure it out. This is the worst idea I have ever had. Why did I think I wanted to do this? I don't know how he understood half of it through the tears, but he said, Honey, you've got this, right? I know it's hard. If it was easy, everybody would be completing Ironman races. Pick a direction, see what you find. I'm behind you, the kids are behind you. It's going to be okay. So I said, okay. I wiped my face off, kind of pointless in the rain. And I got back on the bike, I decided to go backwards, eventually saw something familiar, and I finished that training ride. It was just not a very auspicious sign that I was falling apart after 11 miles. You see, because I had signed up for an Ironman race, which consists of a 2.4-mile swim, 112 miles on the bike, and then a marathon, 26.2-mile run. There is to know about me, I was a middle-of-the-pack marathoner, and that's it. I couldn't swim a length of the pool without feeling panicky and out of breath, and I had just bought my first road bike. What was I thinking? (laughs) All right, day of the race, I've got my timing device on, which is a tracker that's Velcroed around your ankle, and this tracks you and your time throughout the day. Right? My amazing husband, Kevin, is there, uh, as well as our two kids. Mackenzie is a responsible, thoughtful, she's a loyal friend. And then our son, Jake, he's an in-the-moment, self-expressive, loving guy. So these three wonderful people are there to support me. I get done with the swim, and I'm out on the bike. Things are going well, I'm moving along, my back tire is flat. I'm surprised, but I'm prepared. I know how to do this. I know how to change the tube in the tire with the CO2 cartridge out on the course. I do that, get back to riding. I get a second flat tire. I'm more surprised. I'm still prepared. I changed my tire again. I'm a little bit awkward at it, but it's happening, right? So now I'm back on the bike. I'm more than halfway through the bike course. I get another flat tire. This time I'm keeping it together. I'm doing what I need to do, but the tears are coming down because I'm doing the math. There's a cutoff time for each of these sports that you need to meet in order to go on to the next. I'm in danger of not hitting that bike cutoff time. It's gonna take a miracle to get there in time. I get back on my bike, I am going fast. And yep, (laughs) I get a fourth flat tire. This time I'm not crying, I am just moving. I get it done, I get back on the bike, I am now riding faster than I have ever ridden on a bike, ever. I get to the end of the bike course, I slam my bike over the dismount line, I get off the bike, and in front of me is a lovely volunteer. She reminds me of Mary Poppins. (laughs) And I yell at her, did I make the cutoff? And she says, no. I burst into tears, and Mary Poppins starts hugging me. So I'm hugging her, I'm not letting go. I'm holding on to Mary Poppins, and mid-embrace, I notice another volunteer. We'll call him Voldemort. He's crouched down, he's taking the timing device off of my ankle. I know. My race day is done. I had trained for this race for a year, and I did not finish. My family feels terrible. We pack up, we go home, defeated. The dream is over. But then I check, and Ironman Maryland is still open for registration three weeks later. (laughs) I could get in. I check my calendar. I don't have anything scheduled that weekend. This feels like it's meant to be. So I register for the race, I book I book a flight, I make hotel reservations, I make arrangements to ship my bike to Maryland, I show up at that start line, and they cancel the swim. So I finish the two parts of the race that I'm allowed to finish. I cross the finish line, I get a medal, I head home, and technically I'm an Ironman. Yet in the words of our then seven-year-old son, Jake, you are not a real Ironman. Mm-hmm, little truth tellers, yeah. So I let it go, I let it go, it's okay. I have a medal, I crossed the finish line, don't listen to Jake. A few years go by, and then Ironman Wisconsin comes back around. I tell my family, they're hesitant at first, and then they get on board. My daughter Mackenzie says, Mom, you gotta go finish that race. And my son Jake says, then you'll be a real Ironman. (laughs) Yes. So, I go back to training. It's Wednesday before the race. I wake up and I clearly have a virus. This is a race I estimate it will take me between 15 and 16 hours to complete. How is my body going to do this with a virus? Thursday, I'm in bed and I'm thinking about bagging this race. Friday, I'm not any worse. So I get up and I start going through the motions. I pack up the car, I drive up to Madison, I check in for the race. I'm sitting in the mandatory athlete meeting where they're telling you about the race course and some details for race day and something clicks. Something clicks and I think, this is happening. This is happening. So on race day, I start swimming and it's rough. The waves are big enough that you can't get into a regular rhythm with your swim stroke and the breathing. I take on water at least a half a dozen times, but it's okay. If this virus is not taking me down, these waves are not taking me down. I get out on the bike. Three of the gears on my bike are not working. This is not ideal on a hilly course. But I keep riding and I finish the bike course. I'm so excited, there's no Voldemort in sight. I am ecstatic and I get off my bike and I almost fall over. My legs are so wobbly, they're like noodles. I change into my wrong gear and then it dawns on me. I've been racing for over nine hours and now, I need to run a marathon. This sounds impossible. I take off running a little unsteadily on the two lap run course. And I tell myself to break it down. Run the four miles until you turn onto the trail. Run to the hill. Run to the next hill. Run downtown. Finally, I turn this curve to go into the second lap of the run course. What I thought was challenging to do the first time, I now get to do again, <laughs> right? So I'm jogging on the second lap of the run course and is that a raindrop? <laughs> yes, yeah, a raindrop. Now it's pouring. We keep running. I'm slowly clicking the miles off. Eventually, I'm getting closer. I can't believe it. I don't let myself believe it. We all know that things can go wrong in a race. Keep moving. Finally, I'm approaching the finish line. My family's gonna be there and I tell myself, don't expect to see them. It's gonna be crowded, it's gonna be lights. Don't expect to see them, Amy. I make that final turn to face the finish line and there's Mackenzie and Jake jumping up and down, screaming, mom, mom, there they are. I cross the finish line, my family is there. My husband hugs me and says, I am so proud of you, you did it. The kids wrap themselves around us and we are all squealing. I finally finished my Ironman. For real Jake, all 140.6 miles. There he is. I want to share with you what I learned through this process. We can do more than we think that we can do. We have more in us than we believe that we do. I know that each and every one of you can achieve what you want to achieve. You can cross that finish line even when you think that you can't. You can accomplish your dreams because you have The Courage of a Leader. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.